Grace Greetings Church, this is Neil coming to you from my home office again. Well, nice to virtually meet with you and uh, hopefully we'll have a good time. Hopefully you're taking advantage of these messages and also uh, the Facebook uh, Sunday School lesson Jerry's doing. We'd like to say by way of uh, kitchen table thoughts as we gather around our computers and Maybe you're at your table, maybe you're in your car, I don't know where you're listening to, but um, it was nice to drive by and say goodbye to Janet. Sad to see her go, um, wish she could stay, but we wish her the best uh, in Texas. And also, the princes are leaving soon too, it's like uh, we're having a little mini exodus, so it'll be sad to see them go as well. But we wish them all the best, and of course, we look forward to seeing them come back again uh, sometime soon. Also, I uh, would like to say, hope to see you on Zoom on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. You're going to need to text Jerry for the link for that, or myself. I have a copy of it. Um, but yeah, reach out if you'd like the link to that. And then all you do is install the free app called Zoom. And then once you get the link, you just tap the link, either on your computer or your iPad or phone. It could be any device uh, if it's a smartphone. And it will automatically connect you to that virtual meeting. And um, heads up on that, we're just asking that people bring something to the virtual table. And if it's a verse that God has spoken to you during this interesting quarantine lockdown time we're just asking that you would um share that verse with us and what it means to you it could be a very familiar verse um just we'd like to hear from you and as we go around the different window panes on the screen we're able to see each other's faces and hear our voices and we'd love to hear what god's doing in your life as far as speaking to you through his word well i'd like to share with you some thoughts from john 17 at least start there and then um, journey on over to some other passages as well. But this one kind of caught my attention, and I want to go ahead and open in a word of prayer and then look at some thoughts from John 14 as the, I guess, the overarching thought uh, this afternoon or this morning would be God's love. And so let's pray and look at some thoughts from that perspective. Lord Jesus, I just do pray that you would really connect our hearts. I know we are united in the body of Christ, and as the church, we're a called-out assembly, but we can't really, I guess, practice the calling out part and gathering as an assembly. But instead, Lord, we'll trust that uh, you're in the midst of us, that you are our uniter, that we are banded together in the family of God and the church of God. And we know it's not a building um, made of bricks and boards, but of born-again believers. And as believers, Lord, uh, we know we'll meet either here, there, or in the air. And I pray for this uh, Bible study, that you'd be glorified in and through it. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, John 17, verse 1. This is the real Lord's Prayer. He is actually praying. And he starts off in verse 1 by saying, when Jesus had spoken these words, he had, of course, been uh, from John 13 to 16, been really uh, ministering to the disciples. He says this, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, 
Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the that your son may glorify you. Verse 2, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they uh, know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And we talked about that a little bit last week when we were in Psalm 4610, uh, being still and knowing that God is God. And here he's saying, and this is eternal life, that they may know you. This isn't intellectual ascent. This isn't academia. This isn't just even raw theology or doctrine, knowing about God. This is knowing God experientially. And of course, he will... Um, uh, he will explain this further in the prayer. We're not going to read the whole chapter. I would encourage you to. Um, I know you've done it before, but I would encourage you to reread it through this lens. But he says, I have glorified you on earth, verse 4, having accomplished and finished the work that you gave me to do. Well, hang on a second. In John 19, Chapter 19 and verse 30, Jesus says those famous words from the cross. It is finished. Yet here before the cross, he's saying that he's accomplished another work. So I'd like to submit to you that before Jesus did the work of redemption, he did the work of revelation. In other words, John kicks off his whole gospel account in chapter 1 by saying, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the heart of the Father, He has revealed Him. He has um, exegeted. He has explained Him. He has been the expositor of who uh, the God of the Word is. And so Jesus, as the Word of God, came from the heart of God and We know from even a couple chapters earlier, three chapters earlier, he said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Again, not what the Father looks like, because God's not a man, but who the Father is like. Everything Jesus said and did was an expression of the invisible heart of God manifested through the Son of God. And so in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is not praying for himself. He's praying that he would experience, that we would experience and express the love that Christ has uh, for the Father and from the Father. You see, he comes from a always being loved family. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's It's a family of perfect unity. There's no competition. Um... There's no jealousy. There's no pitting for position. Uh, everyone's secure in who they who they are in their identity and who they are in their love. And so, the expression of their love is never to get it, but to give it. And so he goes on, and I'm going to skip from verse four down to verse twenty-two. And that's, again, why I'd like for you to go back when you have time to um, fill in those gaps there. But he's in the midst of his prayer, and he says this, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. And I want you to kind of table that thought. The glory that you've given me, I have given to them. 
So we have God's glory. He's given us his glory. He is asking us to participate and to partake in his glory. Verse 23, I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know. Here's kind of an out, an overflow, a byproduct of this so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Here's the one that I used to skip over subconsciously. Maybe I wasn't ready for it. I'm ready for it now. And I don't think I'll ever fully understand or comprehend it until I am actually, you know, absent from the body and present with the Lord. But he says that, that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. So remember, Jesus is coming from a always being loved family experience with no conditions. He's free to be himself. He's perfectly loved. He's a lover and a beloved. And he's saying that the father, he's revealing and manifesting the heart of God. And he's saying that he loves us as much as he loves Christ. And so there you have it, Christian. You are God's always being loved child. Verse 26 says, I, I made known to them your name and will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them love 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 location 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 that love may be uh, in us and that christ may be in us so if christ comes into you which is what makes us a christian it's not our activity it's our identity and god always loves jesus and jesus will always be in you and his glory will reside in you because of the one whom you contain, how could you not believe that you are God's always being loved child? If anything less, by default, you could say it's not I, but Christ. Simply because of a default or a location, it's because Christ is in you that you are God's always being loved child as he has loved Jesus so will he and has loved you the thing of it is is I don't think most of us really believe it I don't because we don't come from that that experience maybe we weren't parented that way maybe we don't parent that way so we project into heaven what it's like up in heaven what what it's like here on earth and so we say, um, as, as in heaven, so it is in earth, rather than on earth, so it is in heaven. And so we flip-flop it, and we project on our heavenly father, perhaps from our earthly father and earthly mother. But look, Jesus is a brother, God is a father, and the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to say is a mother, but... There's a mother's love. There's a father's love. There's a brother's love that, you know, he'll never forsake us. We're in this always being loved family dynamic. 
and you're not getting kicked out of the family. You didn't get there by behavior and you're not going to leave there uh, by behavior either. So I want to say this. We have glory in us and love in us because we have Christ in us. Colossians 1.27 puts it like this. To them, us, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the world, the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ is in us. He is the hope of glory. This is a mystery. The world doesn't understand it. We sometimes don't understand it. But this was God's will. He willed us to know this mystery, which is Christ in us, which is breaking down the walls if it's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, barbarian or Scythian, free or bond. We are all made to be one in Christ. So, you ever heard of the song? I know you have. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You ever thought, well, where is that in the Bible? John 3, 16. Well, it says, for God so loved the world, and I know Jesus is God, but it says that he sent his only begotten son. So by default, that's by implication, it's the father's love. But do you ever stop and think, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We've already read that the father loves us as he has loved the son, but where does it say the son loves us? Well, don't fret. It's, it's in the Bible. You just need to look for it. Galatians 2.20 is the first one that comes to mind. Maybe you're thinking of some other ones. Uh, maybe a good little Bible study for you to go on. Where does it say that Jesus loves me? This I know for the Bible tells me so. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Christ is in us. He loved me and gave himself for me and you. Another one, and there's more. I there there's some in you in the John what I think uh sixteen range, fourteen, fifteen, maybe. You you could find them. There's there's other ones, but it's not as easy as you think, right? Here's one, kind of obscure, tucked away in Revelation. Chapter 1, verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So we're in the family. God loves us. Jesus loves us. Huh. One I'm thinking of off the top of my head, it's not in my notes, but um, Romans 5, 5. For it, no, maybe that doesn't work. Well, it says, for the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that was given unto us by the Holy Spirit. So I was trying to throw in the Holy Spirit there. <laughs> but look, he does not only want us to know this theologically, but to know it spiritually. And so speaking of the Spirit, God wants to give us illumination. Or revelation, not revelation. You shouldn't be afraid of the word. It doesn't, it, the Bible uses the word revelation a lot. And it doesn't mean something new that you're discovering a new extra biblical truth. It's basically like, a, it's like an illumination to discover what you already had. It was like, I was at work with Eric today 
and we were wiring up some some things in this textile factory and it was so fun working with eric he's he's literally um an engineering genius the the guy is impressive well i'm not so you 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 hear my sincerity in that so when i say this don't think that i'm being disrespectful but it, it happens to people all the time he was looking for his glasses and they were on his head you know i was looking all over i'm looking 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 here looking there and he's like he needs to read this schematic and we're looking and they were on his head well so it is with um with our with our christian experience a lot of times we spend it as we spend time looking for the things that we already have and that's like revelation god look you already have christ you already have his infinite love you just need to know it you just need to know it you you don't need to go looking for it like i've said a hundred times the christian life is not a life of acquisition you're not going to get more of god's love but he wants you to experience more of the love that you already got. It's in you because of Christ being in you. So I'm going to close with this, this last thought. It's a, it's a continued prayer from verse from chapter one. In fact, I'm going to just turn in my Bible, go back there just so we can get kind of the context of this. Let me pull up Ephesians and Colossians right now. So go backwards, Ephesians 1, and then I'll go to chapter 3. So I think it's down. I do not, verse 16, I, so I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Here's this prayer. The God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. So Paul's even praying that we would have revelation and the knowledge of Christ, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint or in the saints, the church, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now, keeping that in mind that he we would have this this illumination. I know I know Christians are especially us Baptists. Um uh, I think the charismatics wrecked the word revelation so we run from it. But if you're more comfortable with the word illumination, that's fine. But he says in chapter three of the same book of Ephesians, remember, we're, we're on the topic of God's love being given to you, being placed into you, wanting to express it in and through you. So the apostles praying and he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you would be rooted and grounded in love, that you would be able to comprehend with all of the saints, all of the sanctified ones, all of the holy ones, which is who we are because of who we have. What is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height? Verse 19, and to know the love of Christ. There's a Jesus loves me verse. And to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you might be filled with all 
the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Hey, I'd love to know when we could go back to church. I would love to know when they're going to come up with a vaccine for the coronavirus. I would love to know when we could close the gap from six feet to four feet to three feet to getting back to shaking hands. I would love to know um, a lot of things, right? Especially in uncertain times like we're in right now. But I think what God is expressing through Paul in his prayer, he's praying to know the love of Christ really surpasses all knowledge. And he says to comprehend at least scratch the surface. We won't maybe fully comprehend, but maybe if it was a desire, we could at least journey down going right and left to the breadth, up and down in the length and the depth and the height and to not only to experience and to know this love of Christ, which passes knowledge, but then to turn around and express it. So to wrap this up, church, you are the Godhead's always being loved family member. God loves you as much as he loves the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I don't think I read it, but he says from the foundation of the world, Christ has been loved. That's how long of a love God has had for you since he's outside of time. You have always been on his mind. You're always on my mind. Well, because God loves you and loves us unconditionally, I think what that does for us is it frees us up to love others without spending any sideways energy trying to get God to love us uh, when he not only said it, but he proved it. So, Let's go be the best COVID quarantined Christians we can. Let's be the church even in a non-churchy time. (laughs) You are loved, church, and um, sure appreciate you all. If there's anything at all that you need, please reach out to me. Not on Facebook that much, but you just get me directly through text or a voice call. Um, however, I hardly ever check my email. I should be better at that, but please just use my phone and, um, be love to help out however we can, um, until we meet virtually here, there, or in the air, uh, remember you are loved Bye now.